Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 123 of The Big Cruise Podcast. My name is Baz, I'm your host, and uh, a little later in the show we will of course be joined by Chris uh, for the latest in cruise news. And this week he's also going to be answering a great question that came in via the website uh, from Adrian, who asked uh, a great question around uh, Norwegian's Pride of America and how it uh, became. Uh, so we'll be answering that one. I will also have a little bit of uh, maritime history and cruise news a little later in the the show as well. Um, just a reminder, if you do want to be a part of the show, if you've got a, a cruise review or a question that you want to send through, just jump on the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com, and uh, click on Join the Show in the, uh, the top right-hand corner. But let's get uh, this show on the road. Enjoy the show. Be sure to share the podcast on your favourite social media channels. And once again, we welcome our good friend, the maritime historian, back to the show, Chris Frame. How are you? Oh, hi there, Baz. Going well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Of course, you're just back from uh, Cunard, having done your, your your series of lectures on board. How did that all go? Yes, it was great to be back at, um, at sea on Cunard with uh, Queen Elizabeth. It was such a joy to stand on that stage on in the Royal Court Theatre once again and mm-hmm. give the talks. And um, you know, I was uh, I had the unique distinction of being the final performance uh, of a lecture on the Queen Mary 2 before the cruise shutdown happened. Yep. Um, and so to sort of have uh, the opportunity to come back and, and um, talk with, uh, with the Cunard audience once again and uh, to see such an interest in maritime history was really exciting. So yeah, it was a fantastic voyage, um, really fun. And uh, I hope that everyone enjoyed the, uh, the special podcast last week from on board the ship. Yeah, no, it, uh, it sounded great. So I appreciate you sending all uh, those little snippets and chatting with the various crew members and guests on board. Awesome job. Well done. Um, now we're going to start off. We've got a list of questions, Chris. This came in via the website. And of course, we do encourage listeners to send those through. Just go to thebigcruisepodcast.com in the top right-hand corner. Click on Join the Show. Uh, that's where you can send the, the questions through. Now, this came in from Adrienne. Um, she's got a question around the pride of America. Um, she says, I know it's the only mainstream cruise line that has any 
cruise line that has a USA flag. I have read two different stories of how it got to be flagged in the US and wondered if you could share some further light on it. Yeah, so Pride of America has an interesting history because it actually started off as um, a part of a project known as Project America. And the idea was to build uh, two ships um, that would be operational from American-based ports and be flagged in America. And it was under the revived or re sort of reinvigorated uh, United States line was the idea to build mm-hmm. these ships. Um, and interestingly enough, the, um, the company actually started cruising with a, a ship called the um, MS Patriot, uh, which actually was originally Holland America's New Amsterdam. So oh. uh, the, the, uh, the older New Amsterdam, which is uh, later sailed for Thomson um, yep. and Marella as uh, Marella Spirit. Uh, but anyway, we, we digress. So the idea behind this was to build two ships. They were going to be uh, around about 70,000 tons. And it was going to be constructed in the United States, which would allow it to be um, operate out of U.S. ports under the American flag with a U.S. crew. So part mm-hmm. of the American um, regulations in relation to cruise ships, um, passenger ships, is that if they're going to operate domestically, they have to be U.S. flagged with a U.S. crew. And in order to be U.S. flagged, they have to be built in the United States. Mm-hmm. So this was their way of, um, I guess, linking in with that uh, pride of the um, United States of their shipbuilding history and having the ships built in the US and then allowing them to be American flagged, crew them with Americans and sail them uh, on this these voyages around Hawaii without the need to take in an international port, which is a little bit challenging in Hawaii, which, is, mm. which can be kind of a, a problem sometimes because of its um, geographic isolation. So this was all going to be built under the with, with, um, with subsidies as well to help the ship construction process um, and the, the actual ship's hull uh, of the first of these, which was Project America 1, was commenced in at the shipyard in, in on the Mississippi, actually. Uh, and the hull was under construction when the whole project collapsed. The, the company that was mm-hmm. behind it, um, uh, you know, ceased operations. And so they had this sort of, um, th- this kind of uh, uh, incomplete hull uh, waiting there for, for a potential future or what was going to happen to it. So ultimately, the um, Norwegian Cruise Line actually decided in, um, in 2001 that they would, uh, they would actually take up the idea of sailing in Hawaii. And they bought the hull um, from the yard and it was towed all the way across to the Lloyd Werf shipyard in Bremerhaven um, in Germany. And there it was completed. And it was completed... Um, under the, funnily enough, uh, they they kept the, the project name at the yard, so that was known as Project America, mm-hmm. and um, it was completed there in in Bremerhaven, and the so the ship's an interesting one because a good portion of the hull is made in America, mm-hmm. but the majority of the sort of superstructure in the interior of the ship was constructed in Germany. So is it American built or is it German built? Um, and, and interestingly enough, the tonnage baz was um, increased. So Norwegian Cruise Line made some changes to the design, um, and it's uh, eighty thousand four hundred ton ship, so a bit bigger than what they'd planned with Project America. Now, when the ship was completed, it was able to be flagged in the uh, 
in the United States and it sailed back across um, from Germany back to America and then repositioned across to um, Hawaii and was able to sail under American flag there in Hawaii doing domestic cruises uh, mm. under under, a, under an agreement that was made that the ship, yes, of course it was, um, it was American because it was this hull was built in the United States, and it does have um, a, you know a majority U.S. crew on board. Now, as a little interesting side note, because I do know that um, that that Adrian uh, had asked about um, how that that came about. Mm-hmm. Well, n- um, Norwegian Cruise Line actually created a subsidiary company, um, NCL America, to operate this. Um, these voyages in Hawaii, and NCL America also operated two other ships. Uh, the Norwegian Sky. She was moved across to that um, division, and she was um, actually reflagged as an American ship. Now, the Norwegian Sky was constructed. She was ordered by Costa. She was completed for NCL. She was built uh, in Germany. She's also another ship has had her hull built in a different yard than her superstructure, but. Um, the the ship itself was completed completely in Germany. So two shipyards were in Germany. There's no American connection there at all. But um, through um, you know uh, a, a negotiation and a, and a special agreement, she was able to be flagged in in the US. Um, similarly, the ship that now sails as Norwegian Jade, she was um, built in Germany, and she she too was flagged um, in us and was given the name the pride of hawaii so at its peak the uh, ncl america had um three ships in their fleet pride of hawaii actually is the largest of the three so she was um, she's a dual class ship and she was ninety three thousand tons but over the subsequent years um you know the demand for just local based cruises i think as well as um the challenges of running an all-american um based operation mm-hmm. means that they 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 only now have Pride of America operating in Hawaii, yep, uh, year round. Um, so she is that purpose-built ship. She is that special, special ship with that long history, and she's the only cruise ship, modern-day cruise ship in operation these days that has um, a large portion of her um, uh, built in the US. So that's uh, quite an interesting distinction as well. Awesome. Oh, I didn't know there was three um, NCR ships in Hawaii at one point. Yeah, yeah, and they all had the interesting hull art. So Pride of America has the US, sort of like a US flag kind yep. of style on her superstructure. And it, it kind of um, is a nod, I suppose, to um, the Project America origins. But then Pride of Aloha and Pride of Hawaii had the beautiful Hawaiian flowers all over their bows, which... Oh. Um, which you know, made them stand out amongst the other ships. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Adrian, for that uh, great question. And of course, thanks to you, Chris, for, for the great answers that you uh, you always bring. Uh, I think we might actually have a little bit of maritime history coming up in the news section as well. But uh, for the moment, let's, uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be back in just a second with the latest cruise news. So, Chris, we're kicking off cruise news this week over in the UK, where Fred Olsen has uh, chosen a Liverpool shipyard to complete a multi-million pound refurbishment. Yes, it's really interesting, Baz, because they've um, taken their ship to, uh, this is Borealis, um, which is uh, um, one of the the former Holland America ships that they've uh, acquired during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. She's had her big multi-million pound refit at the Camel Laird shipyard, um, which is actually a very famous shipyard and it's the first time a cruise ship has been 
um, worked on there in, in over 25 years. But the yard itself actually has a heritage that dates all the way back to the 19th century. Um, and they were one of you know the, the leading um, UK uh, shipbuilders at the time. They built uh, some very, very famous ships, including um, many military vessels for the Royal Navy uh, and and even were involved in in the creation of um, submarines as well. But, mm-hmm. you know, as things changed in the 80s and 90s, uh, many of the UK-based shipyards actually went into, into financial trouble. Mm-hmm. This yard itself actually had a, a brief uh, period where it was closed um, but was reopened up in the late 1990s and um, became a um, – Became sort of a ship repair and and, uh, and refurbishment yard, so it currently well its history really does have it. Sorry, its history does have it building a lot of um, military vessels still and, and and working on the construction of military vessels. Um, so, for example, uh, in 2010, uh, it was awarded the construction for uh, the 44 million pound rather construction for the flight decks of the um, HMS Queen Elizabeth, the new aircraft carrier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it hadn't really had much – yeah, yeah. Um, but it hadn't had much really to do with um, with cruise ships until just recently uh, when it undertook this work uh, on the uh, Fred Olsen's Borealis. And it's, you know, it's really fitting as well to see a, a British-based cruise ship from a yard – from a shipyard um, – shipping company rather, uh, cruise line, that so strongly links in with the British market to send their ship to a British yard like this to, to restart the work. Um, it's got some nice sort of like historical connections there as well. Yeah, of course, Fred Olsen's got a really strong connection with Liverpool. They uh, they offer generally around about 50 sailings a year out of, of Liverpool. So it's a great home port uh, for, for Fred Olsen. And uh, they're saying that more than 150 members of the, the shipyard team were involved in this uh, refurbishment, which injected more than a million pounds into the local economy. It's amazing. Mm. Um, we're going to head over to Europe next, and we've got some good news, a feel-good story out of AIDA. Yeah, so they're starting to do um, some some sustainable uh, shore experiences with their passengers, um, which I think is part of the, the greater move by the cruise industry to mm-hmm. uh, become more more sustainable in an environmentally conscious world. Um, so they're, one of the most interesting things that stands out here, Baz, is that um, for their sustainable shore excursion experience, they're going to um, be implementing bicycles made out of bamboo across yeah. all the ships in their fleet. <laughs> My Boo is the brand of bike. I've never heard of it. But yeah, they're they're purchasing 1,155 bikes and e-bikes, which will be spread across the uh, the various ships in the fleet. The first bikes actually came on board back in 2019, but they've been so successful that they're they're rolling it out across uh, the additional ships. And uh, yeah, I'm going to have to Google these people to see uh, see what this bamboo bike is all about. I mean, that's just it. Like if you think about um, some parts of the world, they they use bamboo for scaffolding and construction. Mm. So... um, why not bicycles? This sounds really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Our friends at Viking had some great news this week. They've just taken delivery of their latest ship. I think we're talking Viking Neptune, aren't we, Chris? Yes, we are Viking Neptune. She's been uh, delivered and there's been a ceremony that's taking place on the 11th of November. Um, and that was at the Fincantieri shipyard, one of the uh, one of the different yards that they've got there in Italy, uh, in Ancona. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we've obviously spoken about them plenty of times before, but a very big yard that's involved in the construction of many of the modern-day uh, cruise ships. Um, and they're also using um, this ship. They've got a test uh, program on board to determine 
whether or not hydrogen fuel can be uh, used at larger scales on future new builds for, for Viking cruisers. So there's some interesting environmental uh, work going on on board as well. Mm, yeah, exactly. Viking Neptune is uh, got an identical sister, of course. Uh, this ship is forty thousand. This ship is forty-seven thousand eight hundred tons, four hundred and sixty-five staterooms, and can take nine hundred and thirty guests. And she's going to be spending the majority of her first season there um, in the Met, and then taking a world cruise from Fort Lauderdale to London in uh, twenty twenty-three. Now, we're just talking about Cunard just uh, not too long ago, Chris, with your recent experience on board. Unfortunately, there's a few delays in store for the next ship, which is, of course, Queen Anne. Yeah, so Queen Anne's, um, you know, under construction again at Fincantieri. She's the the new ship for for Cunard um, and was planned to enter service uh, for her maiden voyage on the 4th of January 2024. Uh, But this voyage has now been set back until May of 2024. Uh, Cunard is saying that it's uh, due to supply chain issues. And I think that that's something that is being seen around the world when it comes mm-hmm. to restarting and reopening things after the um, the big shutdown we've had over the last few years. Um, but the ship itself will um, is is planned to to enter now into into May 2024. Uh, as I understand it, those who are booked on the maiden voyage, which is sold out, have been rebooked across onto the new maiden voyage in May. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but um, I believe everybody else who had bookings on board has been contacted, given a um, a refund, and then will or a cruise credit, and then can rebook um, when the new itineraries are are released for the maiden season. Yeah, early December. I think it's six December for uh, uh, I can say frequent flyers, but uh, Cunard pass passengers <laughs> with their loyalty status even um, go on sale on six December and the following day for any other people wanting to book into Queen Anne. And uh, we've also acknowledged there that uh, sister brand Piano um, UK has also had a slight delay on the new build of their latest ship, uh, Arvia. Yeah, so she was supposed to go, I think, from the 9th of December, but it's been pushed back um, to the 23rd of December. And this is, again, due to um, sort of issues that are outside of the cruise line's control. Um, so not quite as big a delay as um, as Queen Anne, but then then again, Avia is much more, like she's basically completed. So Yeah, yep, fair yeah. enough. Um, let's bring it back to Australia now. Time for a bit of news with uh, P&O Australia. They've uh, just uh, completed uh, their first return visits back to Vanuatu's Mystery Island and Luganville. Yes, I know. And this is, again, part of the, the South Pacific's reopening. Um, P&O Australia um, has been very heavily involved in in that um, reopening in this part of the world, mainly because I think they've had such a long connection with so many of these ports. Um, P&O Australia's um, Heritage links back to P&O Steam Navigation Company, which pioneered cruising from Australia and New Zealand up into the mm-hmm. South Pacific. Uh, and so, yeah, it's very, very fitting um, to, to have them back. So Pacific Adventure did the visit. Um, it was a, um, welcomed very, very enthusiastically by many people from the from the local communities. Uh, and uh, the ships um, also visited Numea in New Caledonia as well. Yeah, and as part of this visit, they've also uh, given back to the community, which uh, PLO does uh, very, very well in this particular part of the world. Um, they've been completing safety training for lo- for 80 local boat operators, sourcing over 500 life jackets so that those boat operators can comply with the, the latest safety regulations, and have funded the reinstallation of marker boys for the safe operation of uh, ship tenders um, back over there as well. So uh, well done to PLO and everybody over in the, the South Pacific there. Sounds great. 
Now, we've touched on Holden America's 150th anniversary. In fact, they completed or retraced their steps uh, just a couple of weeks ago, but uh, a whole heap of news has just uh, landed around mm. uh, next year's celebrations and things that are taking place not only on board but on in port as well. A lot of information here, so if you want any specifics, I probably would say jump into the show notes, but we'll we'll tick off uh, the, the high-level items. What we got, Chris? Well, it got me excited, I must say, Baz, because there's 40, 48 uh, heritage cruises that are going to be used throughout the celebration year. Oh, I wonder um, if they need a maritime historian. Well, I was thinking I should probably be um, be be thinking about doing some talks on board because one mm. of the one of the highlights is Australia and New Zealand. Um, so the, the ship will be visiting Sydney, Melbourne, um, the, uh, Holland, America, rather, will be visiting Sydney, Melbourne, Wellington, Auckland, Hobart, and Port Chalmers when they're here. Mm. Um, but there's a whole heap of um, of these special heritage cruises, which kind of link in with the company's rich heritage and history. There's voyages in Alaska, the Mediterranean, the Caribbean, um, Hawaii, uh, Mexico, uh, the Panama Canal, uh, voyages throughout South America. And then also um, Northern Europe as well, which is what you would expect from from a European-based brand. So they've got um, they've got it all covered here uh, mm. with the with the various different opportunities. But on the on the cruises, Baz, there's going to be um, special uh, activities as well. So there'll be captains' gala menus in the dining rooms, which will be a collection of classic. Uh, meals from the um, heritage of Holland America's menus on board, which people always love to sort of see how people used to dine and eat in the um, in days gone by. They've got their um, their Pills uh, beer that they're um, uh, releasing for the 100th um, and 50th anniversary. Uh, they've got Origin Stories, which is a visual telling of the company's history, which is going to use big LED screens throughout their, their fleet. Um, and then there's going to be um, specials for their Mariner Society uh, members as well with um, a 150th anniversary um, tile. Ceramic tile, yeah. Yeah, yep. ceramic tile has been given to them. Yeah, and then there's uh, one little thing I just picked upon. They've uh, launched a new gin as well. We've missed that previously. Um, Deline, De I think is how it's pronounced, is a Western-style uh, gin which they're going to be using in some signature cocktails, Dutch 150, uh, 150th Martini, and 150 Gin and Tonic. And... Mm. Uh, a very important fact, they've got a throwback happy hour where featured drinks are priced from 75 cents. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. That's like <laughs> a reflection of how much it used to cost in the days gone by, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No. That's amazing. <laughs> so well, well I think there'll be a few sore heads the next morning. <laughs> absolutely and uh, Holland America has also announced uh, just this week that they're launching uh, Refer a Friend which basically allows uh, existing mariners or past passengers mm. to uh, recommend uh, or refer a friend to the program and in return both parties will receive a $50 onboard credit that they can obviously use for, for onboard purchases uh, there's a little link in the show notes if uh, you wanted to head to the Holland America website and uh, refer somebody I guess Oh, um, and hopefully next Chris, week we'll be. Um, hopefully next week we'll be reporting that uh, Holland America has been in touch and we'll be doing some lectures on board, Baz. <laughs> Absolutely, um, and that Chris is all we have in cruise news this week. But I'd hate to spot that you put up a couple of uh, videos this week. What have you been uh, promoting? Well, yes, I've got a, a video up about the Queen Elizabeth's return to Australia, which is uh, up on my on my YouTube channel, but. Interestingly enough, I've also seen a, a very marked increase interest in a couple of the other videos that I've got, um, particularly the one about um, recycling cruise ships and how how and why cruise ships are scrapped. A lot of people seem to be very interested in that at the moment, and um, the YouTube uh, algorithm is telling me that it's getting uh, 
thousands of views per hour at the moment, which is pretty exciting. So um, if you're interested in that as well, you can check that out on my YouTube channel, which is um, the links in the show notes. Wow, I wonder why that would spike again. I wonder if another ship has uh, gone to the breakers yard and we, we've missed it maybe, or it's been reported yeah. in a particular part of the world maybe. I actually, I think sometimes it's just like it will serve, it will, you know, the uh, you know, who knows how it works, but it will serve <laughs> the video and then if there's an interest in it, then it will like increase the serving. So obviously it's just one of those topics that people right. are interested in regardless, but uh, we saw huge interest in that during the pandemic yeah. uh, shutdown. But um uh, you know, every now and then the, some of the older videos do spike, but this one here is going um, going gangbusters at the moment, which is really nice. Brilliant. Well, we'll have the link to that, of course, in the show notes, as we always do. Um, and uh, we'll call it a day, Chris. We'll uh, be speaking about the same time next week with uh, even more cruise news, even more maritime history. And don't forget, if you have got a listener question, jump onto the website and send it through, and we'll do our best to, to weave it into the next show. Thanks so much. And just once again, thank you very much to all of the people who I spoke to on Queen Elizabeth uh, last week. The uh, the inclusions from uh, both Alex's and um, also Amber was uh, it kind of made it, uh, uh, yeah. you know, a bit of an interesting insight into what other passengers and what entertainers and, and people who've come, you know, all the way from the other side of the world to experience the voyage uh, feel like. So um, thanks so much to them and uh, hope they're enjoying listening to to the podcast going forward. Definitely. Welcome to the show, guys. Mm-hmm. Chris, we'll uh, we'll catch up next week. Thanks so much, Baz. Take care. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.